here's the first one. There is a male in our church that has incredibly small fingers. How do I know? Because there is a uh, really handsome ring here, and I can't get it on any of my fingers, so I'm going to tell you it's lost, okay? <laughs> if you have lost a ring and you're a man, or if you were a female and some reason you were in the men's restroom, okay? Is it? Is it yours, sir? Okay, come on down. You're the next contestant on the prizes, right? Give him a hand. That's a man that stays in shape. See, I couldn't even get it. I couldn't get it past the first knuckle. So, because if I did, you wouldn't be getting it back. No, that ain't how it is. That ain't how it is. <laughs> come on. Well, you know you're going to the right church. Church to take care of you, man. That's right. No worries. Even if you lose something in the bathroom. There's a lot of things that you need to keep in the bathroom, though. Here's, uh, here's the deal. Uh, today, let's see, I said it. So, <laughs> today, today's pastor appreciation, and uh, immediately following in the fellowship hall, there's cake and ice cream. Would you just stay for just a minute or two? Because my wife and I would like to express our thanks for letting us serve you for the past five years. And, and if you don't want cake and ice cream, just let us thank you, okay? Uh, and th but if you want to stay and, and you know, uh, eat your dessert before you eat your lunch, this is the kind of church that does that, okay? So you want to, yeah, it's after service. Anyway, um, some people have made some candy corn for me. It was really nice. I got some cards and stuff. Um, but I just got to share this t-shirt with you. It's, uh, yeah, so uh, everything from the book of Glenn, it's just sayings here. Um, uh, this isn't the blue light special on the gospel. Oh, my Lanta, is, is anyone alive this morning? Uh, do, you, do, you, uh, do you have a scripture for that? <laughs> I'm going to have to land the plane. We have John the Baptist shower curtains for $19.99. This will save you five years of counseling. Here's the deal. And am I alone this morning, church? Okay, so it's awesome. Now, I really don't say any of that really often. I don't know why they would put that on a shirt anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, we'd love to see you just for a few minutes after, after service. And right now, it, it is, it's really a, a, just a, a privilege. Joseph, would you come, sir? Uh, it has just been awesome to know this brother for the past five years. He's been a part of our church, grown up in our youth ministry, just, just came from the outside, uh, he and his sister. And uh, he comes here and he serves all the time. He is going to college, and uh, uh, Phoenix, right? Yeah, Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah, but it's online. Yeah, he's going to school, and uh, we just want to bless him today. And uh, so, honey, get something out for me, okay? Because I didn't bring my wallets over there, but get something out for me. But we're going to bless him today. If you're writing out a check, write it out to the church, because and, and just put Joseph at the bottom, okay? Uh, we are going to, uh, as a church, send it to the college for his books and, and materials, okay? So uh, would you pray with me? And ushers, uh, get ready to come. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for Joseph. We just love him so much, God. Lord, I remember when, when this young man was, uh, was short enough that I was taller than him. And, and now he's taller than me. And he's grown as a part of the family of God. And we love him. Lord, I remember when he used to cut his hair so short that I would run, run my hands over it, God. And, and Lord, I thank you that his hair has grown. And that he has grown. And we love him so much. And God, we just want to bless him today. May he know that his church family loves him. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, come on. Amen, amen. God bless you, Joseph. Okay, that's all I needed. Yeah, they just need to see who it is. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey, ushers. Hi. Cool. The ushers are going to go ahead and they're, uh, yeah, they're doing the boot scoot boogie up here. And go ahead, ushers. And if you do a couple things at once, would you turn in your Bibles this morning to Revelation chapter 20, uh, verse 4, and uh, we are going to talk about the millennial reign today. Hopefully, we're going to ask and answer some questions from the Scripture that are the questions of a lifetime. Questions like, why did God allow Satan in the first place? Why didn't God, as soon as Satan showed up, why didn't God just like 
beat him like a redheaded stepchild. Come on. Come on. Some of you are like, I can't laugh. I got a redheaded stepchild. No, you don't. You don't. And he ought to be in church. So here's the deal. Uh, why in the world would God let that happen? Here's, here's another question that uh, hopefully will get answered uh, this morning by the scripture. Uh, why does God allow the devil to tempt us and deal with us? And, and what is our role? Why in this life is there so much trouble for us? Right? And so what is the purpose of all that? What is the purpose? Why am I here? And what is coming? And then finally, um, I hope that you'll get something out of this message this morning to this effect. Am I just going to spend the rest of eternity in heaven? Um, actually, no. Actually, no. Uh, there's going to be a thousand years where you're going to spend it on earth. And so I know most of you want to sing songs about heaven, get ready for heaven. That's great. But the point is to come back to earth and get done what God had planned to do in the first place. Okay? A thousand years here on earth. Now, at the back of your, uh, of your bulletin, I have for your sake and mine, because I'm not going to cover all this today, I have given you a timeline of prophecy with scriptures. This is uh, the Assemblies of God pre-tribulation, uh, pre-millennial view. Some of you say, I'm a post guy, I'm a mid guy. You might be a pan guy. It's all going to pan out the way God lets it pan out, and you might be a pan pizza person too. But this morning, just know you're in a church that believes in pre-tribulation and pre-millennialism, okay? We're not amillennialists. We believe that God is going to come. The king is going to reign. And because the king comes and reigns, come on, Humpty Dumpty gets put back together again because all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't do it, right? So Jesus is going to come back and reign. And we're going to want to talk about that this morning. And some of you are like, already, you're like, you just gave me a buzz haircut, but it's okay. It's okay. Are you there in the book of Revelation? Let me quiz you. What chapter? Okay, you are there. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was given to them. I saw the souls of those who have been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead or on their hand they came to life and reigned with christ a thousand years they didn't just serve christ they reigned with christ and just so i'm on a roll here i'm going to give you a couple other verses i'll read them quickly revelation 225 only hold on to what you have until i come to him who overcomes and does my will to the end I will give authority over the nations. What nations are in heaven? We're not talking about heaven. We're not talking about reigning from heaven. We're talking about reigning from earth. The point is to get it right. And God's going to get it right. Adam and Eve was supposed to have dominion. They gave that up with sin. God had to send his son as a man, come on, right, to gain that back for us. And God is going to fulfill perfectly his plan in reigning on earth. Here's another verse of scripture, Revelation 5, 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. You, for you were slain and purchased for God with your, with the blood of, uh, with your blood for men from every tribe and tongue and people of, and nation. Verse 10. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests who are God, and they will reign upon the earth. In other words, you're not just priests, you're kings. You are nobility, and you'll be reigning here. Daniel chapter 7, verse 27, in the kingdom and dominion, there's a, there's a very important word that was lost at the garden. The kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole earth shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Did you see that? So it's all going to be under Jesus, but the saints are the ones that are going to rule and reign with Christ. Now, now you, you and I have been taught to live our entire lives into this idea that we elect somebody and that person that gets elected, they go and they do a job. They should do the job that they were elected to do. They mess up that job within a matter of weeks, right? Maybe hours. 
And then we just look forward to electing someone else. But someday on the earth, there'll be no election. Hello? Because you don't elect a king. You don't vote for a king. The Bible says he will rule with a rod of iron. Okay? That means there'll be no rebellion during this thousand years. We'll get to something at the end in a moment. But there'll be no rebellion. And then I'm going to teach this morning before... We're going to pray in just a second. But I'm going to teach this morning on how each and every one of us, as we are faithful in this life, in a number of things, whether it be five, ten things, maybe you're faithful in very little. Jesus says in the book of Luke that you'll be placed over and given authority over that many cities. Are you with me this morning? See, see, for so long you've been taught to just be a follower and a consumer. You have no idea who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ. You are the kings and the priests of God to reign on this earth. The devil knows that, and he wants to keep that from you. But praise God, Jesus came in the flesh as a man. And what we lost in a garden, he gained back in the garden of Gethsemane. What we gave up at the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was crucified on the tree and gives it back to us. And that is the goodness of our God. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, help me this morning as the power of your Holy Spirit wishes to communicate to your people that, God, we have a job to do in Christ. And we will complete it, God. We will not be distracted. We will not, God, be overwhelmed by the enemy, but we will overcome the enemy. <laughs> you said by the power of your blood, the word of our testimony, and not loving our lives unto death. Those three things, God, we overcome him with. We give you the praise and thanks for that revelation in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. I want to give you a couple of ways to kind of look at this. God at the end is going to send his son in the second coming. His son is going to be seated at the throne in Jerusalem. I want you to understand that Jerusalem will not look like it does today. There'll be an earthquake. There'll, there's a mountain there that's going to be split in half. That's Mount of Olives. The Dead Sea is going to become the Living Sea. It's going to be full of life. It will flow back out into the ocean, not just have an inlet, but an outlet. That place will be lush. A massive city is coming down the size of a cube. And this it's going to be super, super wide, super, super high. And you and I are going, that sounds great. I'm going to live there. No, you are going to worship God there, see Christ there, but you and I are going to go from there to rule and represent God throughout the earth. Well, represent him to what? Lizards and skunks and, and chipmunks? I want you to understand that during the tribulation period, not everyone will take the mark of the beast. Some people will survive. Those people will survive even in the second coming. There will be people that will be here. And if you read your Bible in the book of Isaiah, these people will begin to repopulate the earth. This time, though, this population will occur and it will multiply very, very quickly. Let me tell you the reason why. There'll be no more curse on the earth itself. Jesus will be here reigning as well. It will have, there will be perfect rule. The Bible says the lion will lay down with the lamb. There'll be no more contention. The Bible says that even a child in the book of Isaiah will lead them. Well, if there are children, children are being born. The earth will be filled with people and covered with people again and just 10 generations or a thousand years to add to that the oceans will be gone from the earth the bible says that all of the seas will be gone there will be cities there will be people multiplying and covering the face of the earth the earth will be full finally of his glory that is the point and that was the original mandate from the garden do you not know that the first thing that God called Adam and Eve to do is be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Fill the, the earth with what? My image, with my image bears, the Imago Dei. Fill the earth with his glory. We sing this song, the whole earth is full of his glory. How do you think that song is fulfilled? The earth should be filled with people. People that live by love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness. You say, well, I need the fruit of the Spirit then. 
Yes, you will, because there'll still be people. And there'll still be people who won't have glorified bodies, who will need to know, who will need to know how to live. They will need to be managed. They will need to be given direction. You say, Pastor, why in the world would they need that? Because God wanted mankind in human form to have dominion. And mankind gave that up, gave it up to Satan. Satan tricked him out of it. Jesus came back and beat the devil at his own game. How? Well, you might ask yourself, why is Jesus always coming off like such a pacifist? Why doesn't Jesus just put a bullet right in the devil's head? It's over. I want you to see that it teaches us something of God's character. God wants you to understand from the story of history who he is, how we are supposed to relate to people or things that are even wrong. Watch this. In Japan, there's a word for this. A very poor analogy, but I'll give it my best attempt. In, in Japan, there's a word for this. It's called judo. Judo is called the gentle way. Judo is a bunch of moves that I don't come and attack you with. You see, in judo, if you come and attack me, I only use your energy, your weight, your momentum, and you begin to judge you with what you did. Jesus Christ is the ultimate judo. He wants us to learn and understand that people, just like the devil, will destroy themselves or even judge themselves. You know who sends people to hell, not God. It's people who have chosen hell their entire life. And it's the same for Satan and his angels, which hell was created for. It was not created for mankind, but mankind continually says, I do not choose to serve God. In God's judo, God says, this is, that's your choice. You use your life, your momentum, your energy towards that thing. I will let you be even judged by your own tongue. Not the judgment that is received in heaven won't be according to anyone else, but you. You'll be judged by your own tongue, your own heart, and your own thoughts. Think about that for a second. The next time you want to judge someone else, just understand it's not a, I'm rubber your glue bounce off me and stick to you that person is hurting themselves with what they're doing understand that's the god has up in creation now why is it that we experience so much of what we experience on the earth let me give you a couple a couple other analogies and then we'll we'll hit the big one here okay here's another analogy for you why is it that god allows me to get stuck into things and then there's this back and forth my entire life, back and forth, until finally I get through it. Wouldn't it be better, God, if you and your omnipotent power and your omniscient mind, if you and your omnipresence would just come along and just set me free? Just, just, just eliminate the trouble, Lord. Just, just take the trouble away from my life. Perhaps you have never been stuck in the snow before. You've never had that experience. But the moment you are stuck in the snow, you suddenly realize what a great life it was to stay on the road. It, you just want to be on that road. It, you never realized how, what a joy it was to be on the road and to be on the right path. But now that you're stuck, you are waiting for someone to come and help you. And when they come to help you, you remain in your vehicle, or perhaps your husband gets out of the vehicle. That would be a good thing. Goes back with a friend that may stop to help, and there's this push, and then there's this back, and there's this rock and push and shove, and then you rock back again. And then you shove, and then you rock back again. And then you shove one more time, and you take off. Right? And here's what you have learned. You have learned that the road, God's road, is now appreciated now more than ever. But here's what else you have learned. That God will even use the back and forth of... God, why'd you allow that to happen? Why, God, why? My life has swung like a pendulum. I had all these things going on in my life. I was doing all these things. And it just seems like an entire setback. And God says, there are no setbacks with me. I am working out my perfect 
plan perfectly. Romans 8, 28. I am working out all things for the good. It doesn't say all things are good. It says I'm working out all things for the good. Even the rocking back for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. So here's what God is saying. I'm going to use whatever you think is a setback from the devil to get you out. Even the, even the setback's going to get you out. Not just, the, not just the pushing forward. Come on, church. God's going to use both. So God, why are these, these times in my life where you allow the enemy to put me through or allow these seasons of dryness where I have a need? Can't you just meet all my needs once and for all? Let's just get this over with, right? Wouldn't it be nice to not be sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? I want you to think about this. My wife and I pastor a few different places, and uh, I, I, I just, I'm going to let you into our, our practical lives here a little bit and, and show you how this works, okay, for us, <laughs> okay? A, a, a question we asked in the past, because I ain't going anywhere else. You, you're stuck with me. I hope you, hope you want me, you know, yeah. we only God, but all right. And plus, I'm getting really old. What am I going to do? You know, <laughs> just kind of like a rash. I'm sticking around. But one of the questions we used to ask, we used to ask on the phone, you know, search committees asking you questions. And then finally they go, well, do you have any questions? And the question we always ask is, you got a Walmart. You got a Walmart, right? Because if you ain't got a Walmart, that kind of tells us a little bit about life. We've been to a few places that barely had a Walmart. Come on, church. This stuff matters. We get to Finley and you got two Walmarts. Come on. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise break. Be kind of nice if we get a bass player up there every once in a while. We got two Walmarts. Thank you, Jesus. So, you don't know what it's like because you got two Walmarts. You've never been anywhere that didn't have a Walmart. You come to a town that's got two Walmarts, and you're like this, I'm in heaven. God wants to see you through things that are without so that you can learn to appreciate things. You can learn to appreciate, and this you can, you can look this up. Paris Hilton, when she was young, was asked the question, have you ever been to a Walmart? She didn't know what a Walmart was. She said, was that a place where they sell walls, stuff to make walls, a Walmart? She came from a different world. She had no appreciation to know what that was. You and I are going through things right now so that you can have the appreciation so that when the millennial reign comes, you'll be the character of Jesus. You will walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus. You'll lead like Jesus. You'll have the appreciation because you've gone through it. Last illustration so that you can get this. And then it gets heavy. Maybe you've worked at a place before where they hired somebody that didn't know what they were doing. You say, Pastor, how would you know anything about this? I worked in a factory for 18 years, different factories, worked in a prison. I wasn't born with a Bible in my hand. They didn't give me a church when I, as soon as I was a kid. Six, seven years old, man, I got a church. Okay, I've, I've been out there, guys. I. I can remember being in the shop and they hire a new foreman or they hire a new boss and this boss don't know a thing. He come in and it's like, where'd they pick you up at? He doesn't know anything about the, how the machines run. He don't know anything about how the machines mess up all the time. And he comes out here with all these newfangled ideas. You got to humor him. Are you alive this morning? Let me get the t-shirt. This never happened to you? Or you get a new principal, right? Or you, or you get a new pastor. Oh, yeah, that's a, I remember a cartoon I read when I was first getting in the ministry. The pastor shows up, and he's got the, the U-Haul truck, and his wife's in the passenger side. All the deacons are outside, and above their head is a blurb, and inside, above his head is a blurb, okay? Above his head is, look at all the things I'm going to change, and above their heads is, look at all the things he's not going to do. Right? I mean, because everybody gets somebody that at first they don't know what they're doing. And so you you got to deal with that, sometimes for years, before they get a clue. I don't, and, and, and that's, that's called life, right? Imagine the millennial reign. 
when there is a city, perhaps something like Finley, during that time, populated by people, <laughs> and the person that is set over that city is somebody that does know what they're talking about, that does know what they're doing, who does have experience, and not just experience when the earth is no longer cursed and under Christ's reign, but they've got the experience when the God of this world was causing havoc and chaos everywhere, and they served God anyway. Imagine having a mayor of your city who is in an eternal, watch this, in an eternal glorified body who has experience and says, no, we don't do it that way. The king does it this way. Well, how do you know what you're talking about? Because I lived 75 years when the earth wasn't, when the earth didn't look like this at all. I know what I'm talking about. Spirit of slap. No. <laughs> well, pastor, you know, that's all well and fine, but why is God allowing death and separation now? <laughs> because two things. This world right now, world, I didn't say life. If you're born again, you're already living eternal life. I'm not talking next life. There is no next life. You're eternal now, okay? But this world right now is not the point. This world right now is just a test. You're in a classroom. Soon, soon the test will be over. Pencils down, papers flipped over, the bell's gonna ring, and we're gonna go home. And if you pass that test, by the grace of God, and by the Spirit of, by the Holy Spirit that empowers you, you are going to be in this next world. You are going to be over the number of places you were faithful in that test. Are you getting that? It's called the doctrine of rewards. You will get crowns. You will, of course, lay those crowns at His feet. But you will be crowned. You will be blessed. There's actually five different blessings that come to the saints. And at the end of that five, you're going to be put in charge of, you're not going to be a fat, naked baby angel floating on a cloud playing a harp. You'll have some things to do. Keep your throw pillows out of proper theology. Well, why do, why do I get separated from my loved one? I want you, to, want you to think about this for a second. I want you to think about this for a second. How many times have you been separated from somebody that you love, even for a week, and then you see him again? It's like, oh, I love you. A couple times, you know, when I was a youth pastor, I'd go away from my wife, and I'd come back from, from uh, Bible camp, you know, from with the kids, and I'd see my wife, and I'm like, oh, there you are. You equal a great time, good food, decent time, and not those crazy kids, you know? I'm so glad to be back with you. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are going to be reunited, and it is going to feel so good. You're going to be back in touch with the rest of the saints, your loved ones, and God has built a capacity within you that now you appreciate them and love them like you've never loved them before. You see, on this earth, you'd love them a little, and then you'd fight a lot. And don't you dare tell me you don't get your tongue on the altar. Yes, you do. But in the millennium, that's done. The contentious spirit of this world where everybody's always gossiping and slandering and yelling at each other and arguing over stupid stuff like, you know, I wanted to stop to go to the bathroom and you went to one more store. You don't care about me. You must not love me. You know, that kind of dumb stuff never happens right during the millennium that's going to be gone that's going to be gone and you're going to be with people and you're going to love your family and they're going to love you and the rest of this world is going to learn how the king leads in love from you from me Woo. hallelujah <laughs> genesis 1 26 was god's plan giving mankind dominion over the earth Mankind gave it up, but God's God in Psalms chapter 2 says it's going to happen. Psalms chapter 8 says it's going to happen. History cannot be completed. Cannot be completed until history 
is seen through the rule of God's saints, and God is going to rule through his saints. God is using the suffering that's going on in your life right now as a powerful act of grace to teach you, to elevate you, to promote you, to be useful in the kingdom to come. Did you hear Jesus ever preach about the kingdom? You better say yes, because that's the only message he ever preached. He said over and over again, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And they kept saying, well, deal with Rome, deal with Rome, deal with Rome. Jesus kept saying, I'm bringing a kingdom that's going to be everlasting. I'm bringing a kingdom where you and I are going to reign together. I'm bringing a kingdom and there's going to be love, joy, and peace. Come on. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ. And I want you to read on your own time, Luke chapter 19, verse 17, because Jesus talks about the faithfulness of servants. He talks about how certain servants in their faithfulness in his kingdom, in his coming kingdom, receive more authority than other servants. Do not think this is an egalitarian God. This is everybody line up for their universal basic income God. Everybody line up for just their check God. Watch this. You are going to be rewarded according to your faithfulness. If you are not faithful, you'll get a broom. You might be asking yourself right now, what is the point? That is the point. So that you might represent Him greater in this next world you understand we are serving now because we're going to reign then and so you your life does matter your actions do matter your choices do matter some people are running 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 trying to find their life god says all i called you to do is be faithful in the little things actually jesus says that a man who is faithful in the little things like staying in your marriage like staying in your church like like loving on your kids like washing the dishes, like being nice to pastor. You know, little things, being faithful in the little things. God says, I'll put him in charge over much. There is a point to all this. And God's going to make sure that we see it. Two things are going to happen during the millennium. Number one, Jesus will be ruling here. That's why it's going to be, according to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 35, a return to Eden. By the way, Eden was never destroyed. Eden still exists. We were just removed from it. You understand. The Bible never says Eden's gone. All right? But don't go thinking because there's an Eden, everything's always going to be perfect. It's not the place that makes us perfect. It's the person. It's Jesus. Okay? Number two, second reason why this is going to be paradise is because old Slewfoot, the devil, is going to be bound for a thousand years. Imagine this. Imagine this. The one and all of his angels that are deceiving the nations, that are deceiving people, running all kinds of ridiculous thoughts in, in your head, he's going to be gone. He's gone for a thousand years. He's bound. We got a whole planet with no devil. Woo! Man, sign me up for that. That sounds good. So understand this. All the believers are being charged. Not, not, the, not the lost. Not the enemy, not the God of this world. That'll all, be, that'll all be placed down. The believers will be in charge. For your reference, please read Isaiah chapter 65, the entire chapter, on your own time. It tells us things like the lion laying down with the lamb. It tells us that they that labor won't labor in vain. There still will be work. Can I preach on that for just a moment? This is in God's timepiece or time plan the seventh day it that seventh day is a millennium the seventh day is a day of rest you and i equate the sabbath and rest with doing nothing that is that is not the proper understanding of the sabbath day watch this god said to the children of israel when they were looking at a land filled with giants go enter into my rest well, there's giants there. God's like, I've got them already conquered. Through faith, that is rest. It doesn't mean you do nothing. It means that now what you do 
has already been overcome and conquered. That's rest. Okay, are you getting it? Good. That's what rest is. And so I've met people, it's like, it's my Sabbath day. I don't, I don't do a honking thing. And I'm like, really? If your kid was dying, you wouldn't take him to the hospital? Well, I might do that. Well, that's what Jesus struggled with. Well, he didn't struggle with it, but the people were struggling with it. History. Because most of Jesus' miracles happen on the Sabbath. Okay? And, and, and why did it happen on the Sabbath? Because watch this. When man rests, God gets to work. And God was doing stuff. And Jesus is going to come here and reign. And it's all going to be conquered, so it's going to be easy to lead. Right now, some of you, you're due for a promotion, and you have avoided it for 5, 10, 15 years. You don't want a promotion. I know why you don't want it. It's exactly why nobody wants to sign up to be a pastor. Okay? Who wants to deal with all those wild Indians? Exactly why people get scared out of their pants when they become a parent. Hello? And if you got more than one Indian, good gosh. They'll tie you to a post. They will. They're crazy. You never had a kid. All right, whatever. I, I guarantee you. Go out there and have you one. Boy, that's school. That, that'll, that'll school you right there, right? Nobody wants to leave because it's crazy, right? Oh, 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 some of you signed up for this lie. This is a big old lie. Guess what? Your salary now. <laughs> Went right over your head until you found out what salary meant. Salary meant you work all the time now, kid. All the time. Some of you are like, no, it don't. Well, you ain't salary. You've never been salary. I'll tell you, when I was on the other side of salary, I used to think, oh, yeah, y'all, you salary people. Until a cell phone came out. Now you're working all the time. Come on. Where am I? Okay. Yeah. I'm at Finley. Revelation chapter 20. I want to I close with this. Revelation chapter 20, verse 7 says something interesting says something interesting all right there will be work during the millennial reign there people will build houses um, but the bible says that they're not going to lose those houses they're going to they're going to plant vineyards and the vineyards are going to flourish it's going to be awesome right now you struggle with work god cursed the ground not work you still have work okay but it's going to be good work and the people the people in these cities are going to work and they're going to love it too can you imagine loving to go to work how about that how about that? But something very interesting happens at the end, and i got to answer a final question on this, okay? At the end of the thousand years, Satan is let loose. And it's like, this is one of those where you want to get to heaven, you want to say, God, listen, I think I, think I have an, a, a better idea. Uh, I humbly submit I have a... You don't have a better idea, but you just maybe think you do, Right? Why are you letting him loose again? There are going to be people that are going to live. Some are going to live for a thousand years. The Bible says in Isaiah, and you're going to read it here uh, on your own, in chapter 65, uh, that if somebody dies at 100, they're going to be considered a baby. Okay? The only reason why the earth has continued and lifespans have continued to uh, this entropic, entropy, second, third law of thermodynamics, everything breaking down is because of sin. In the cycle of sin. Okay? But the, the the earth under the rule of Jesus Christ is going to flourish. And for somebody to die, right, that is still in their and still has their physical being, uh, it's just going to be considered a baby. Most people are going to live for the entirety of a thousand years and just populate the entire planet. But some are going to have sin in their heart. Some are going to say, And I can I, this this is why sin, and please understand me correctly when I say this, this is why sin is madness. This is why this is why sinning means you've lost your mind. Because to to think you could be in an environment that's that good and still say to yourself, I don't want that anymore. That's crazy. But it happened in heaven. And it happened in the garden. And it happened again. And I want to help us with something here. Stop thinking you need a devil to blame for your heart that wants to rebel. 
the enemy is released only because there is a heart that still desires it. There will be people on the planet that will say, well, because you and I all think we could be satisfied, right? But there'll be people who won't be. And as crazy as that might sound, they'll want the enemy to lead them again. And there's a final battle, and that battle happens quickly. It's over. The new heavens and new earth. And I need five more minutes, because some of you are already saying, well, what if it happens all over again? <laughs> okay, well, just one second on that. You, you might be asking yourself this question right now. Couldn't I have loved somebody more and they would have stayed with me? They're going to have the love of Jesus right in front of their face. And they're still going to go, let's see if we got a better offer over here. Let's see what's behind door number two. Couldn't I have, couldn't I have treated somebody better? Maybe I should just go chase them. Because this is all the devil. It's not them. It ain't all the devil. The Bible says that the heart is deceptive. It's, de it's deceivingly wicked, the Bible says. Who can know it? Only God can know it. Sometimes it's our own heart that leads us astray. I don't want to give the devil glory for all the bad stuff that happens. I'm telling you, man. There's a lot of people that walk away from God's goodness every stinking day. They do it right now. Why? Because they think there's someone or something better. There isn't anything better than Jesus. Not, not one thing. Devil's release, it's, it's a quick over. It's done. And then the Bible says there's a new heavens. Watch this. And a new earth. Now let, let me help you, Christians. This idea of We'll just be in heaven forever. and we're not, It's all about heaven. It's all about heaven. There's going to be another earth too. And God's going to have another direction with it. And it's going to be His direction. And we're going to be a part of that. You say, Pastor, please don't tell me there'll be a garden on that new earth. Please don't. Please don't tell me there'll be a snake on it too. Is this all going to happen again, Pastor? No! I can't bear to watch it. Um, speaking of the millennial reign and new heavens and new earth, Nahum chapter 1, verse 9, it says, He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. Isaiah 65, 17, For behold, I create the new heavens and the new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. There will be things that we will find out when we get right there with Jesus and we can ask Him face to face. But here's what I see so far from the Bible, okay? And it's this. When it's over, it's over. It's over. Will he create a brand new universe and something? Sure, fine. But the new heavens and the new earth have a period at the end. It's over. Another way to look at this is a part of the Trinity has been transformed for eternity. Jesus, before he became a man, was the Word of God. He was Spirit. When He became a man, that became part of Him for eternity. Stephen, when he was being stoned, looked up into heaven and seeing Jesus, the Son of says man. There's two titles for Him. Two titles. Son of God is His role next to the Father. Son of man is His role next to you. And when, watch this, when Stephen is getting knocked into the last moments of his life. He looks up and he says, he sees Jesus, he looks up and he says, I want to be like him. I look just like him. And he looks just like me. When he appeared after the resurrection, he says, go ahead and put your finger into my wounds. I do not believe that Jesus is going to go through the cross again. I believe at the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. 
So, okay. Okay, Pastor Glenn. That was fun. That's fun. I got one last question. You know, and this is the one, the, the, uh, this is the one, the, uh, the, oh, the atheists and all the skeptics and all the people who think they're really smart ask. I mean, you want to get really dumb? Go outside and look at all the creation and just say, wow, there's no God. You are a goober. You're a big goober. You're a goob. She can't say that to him. If you want to. I can't hear everything. So, so, here's the big question. Well, why God? Why didn't you just create us? And why did you get, why did you give us this free will and this choice, you know? Why didn't you just create us to love you? And that's it. God, it's your fault. It's your fault, God, because you created us with this volition. You created us with this will. And, 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 and because of that, you know, first off, God, I didn't ask to be created. <laughs> Hopefully you're asking to not go to hell. Hopefully you're asking to be with him forever in heaven. You didn't ask to be created because you were created for his pleasure, not yours. You're his. But let's let's just talk about it for a second. Some of you aren't going to connect really well with this illustration because you're going to be like, he just brought up a Japanese-made vehicle and I'm tuning out. So that is my best disclaimer. Here it is. Imagine if you were designing a Toyota Camry. Okay, truck people, you're like tuning me out, but maybe you're with me. You're designing a Toyota Camry, and the law says, the law says that you can only go, speed limit, 55 miles an hour. And in your designing of your Toyota Camry, you say to your bosses, well, we can only design this vehicle to go 55 miles an hour. After all, that's the only choice it has. The only choice it has is all the way up to 55, and that's it. We got to put a governor on every single vehicle because it will need to only go 55 miles an hour, and that equals that it loves us. Until you get into some collars, and maybe, you, maybe you're like Dan Anderson. You've driven over parts of this country that aren't flat. I know Ohio is flat, but let me just tune you in on parts of this country that aren't flat, okay? And you recognize that you're going to have to go a little faster with the engine. You're going to have to have a little more power in the engine. In order, in fact, truck drivers will do this. They'll speed up at the bottom knowing that the hill is coming. Come on, right? In order to make it up the hill. So the car designer designs the car with the capability of going 120 so that it has the power and it has within its design to be able to face the trials of life. That volition and that free will is so that you can face the hills. Not so you can go out and party and do whatever you want. And God saw that and said, you know what? There will be some that will choose not to serve me. And I'm going to need some people that have my power to make it over the trials, tests, and tribulations that are going to be able to have the engine power to overcome. That's why the book of Revelation says over and over again, to the overcomer, or to the overcomer, to the overcomer. To overcome what this world and life and the enemy sets in front of them. Now watch this. If you've ever, if you've ever hiked and you've gotten to the top and you see that view from the top, there's a glory you give God at the top because of the journey up that you would not have given God. You would not have given God. Somebody give God some glory in the house today. You would not have given God if everything was flat. We are going to, for eternity, be able to give Him glory and tell our stories to Him as testimony of His goodness, His grace, His power because we went through it. And we didn't use our free will for sin. We used it to serve Him and to serve Him even more 
when things got tough. Would you stand with me in prayer? So, Father, today we thank you that you have a perfect plan and that you're working it perfectly. Lord, we, we see it myopically. We see it from a point of view that does not include and does not see, God, the perception you have. We're zoomed in too close, God. Help us. We're zoomed in too close in, in, in tiny moments of our lives and we think that's the plan. What we're going through, what we're up against, what we're suffering in, what we're, what we're struggling with. We think that God being stuck in the snow is everything. We think that because we've rocked back a few times, that God, it's over. That's it for our life. There isn't much more to living. We don't see that in just moments we're going to break free. We don't, we don't see that God in, in just a few years in the next world we're going to reign. We don't see, God, the thrones that we'll sit upon, the crowns that we'll receive, only to place it at the feet of your Son, whom we love. We don't see it, God. We don't have perspective. Help us to step out and step away from those tiny little squares and colors of the mosaic of life to see the whole picture, to see the beautiful picture we know how this ends, church. It ends with our Savior seated on the throne and reigning over the planet and the universe. And it ends with us being seated with Him. We give you the praise, God. We give you the thanks because that is our confession. We know how it ends. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Could you, could you lift him up and worship him like it's ended? Because it has. Can you give him some praise? If you say so, if you say so, Pastor. Okay, if you say so. Can you give him a sacrifice of praise before we leave today? Come on. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to offer up a prayer. Father, we thank you for ice cream and cake. You're good, God. We love you. Bless us today to be the family of God and be in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all right. God bless you. Be a blessing this week. Lately I've been reading, watching the lightning